So after spending close to 18 to 20 years as a journalist across top Indian channels like NDTV, ET Now and CNBC, I realized that my calling was to be a journalist who was creating impact. Um, and I had had an opportunity to do that in the world of business. Mm -hmm. But now I was hungry for more. How do I impact a large population of India that has remained voiceless um, for most part of its journey? Yeah. So how does one ensure that uh, you know, half of the country's population, which is what well, we are half a billion women, people, 750 million women, uh, which is 10% of the world's population. How do we ensure that they have a voice? Mm. Uh, and that's just what figured, uh, you know, right at my face that today we are talking numbers because I'm a business journalist. I used to always look for data. You know, half your population, 10% of the global population, I'm still talking Indian women, they don't have a voice. For every 1,000 stories out there, uh, you know, 80% are on the government, on cricket and Bollywood, and 20% is everything else, including women. And majority of the stories that ever got to the fore were horrific crime stories, which are very important as well to put. But where were the stories of women who were sort of impacting groundbreaking change? Where were the mm -hmm. stories of women who had chosen difficult roads to take? Where were the stories of women who were achieving by being women rather than turning Rambo at work? Where were these stories? And I literally stood up in the newsroom one day and said, I have a big job to do, which is to set up a channel that's dedicated to telling stories of women rather than do what I'm doing right now. So I finished my Warren Buffett interview. I walked out of my previous company and I walked into the startup world. Hubhopper Originals. To start your podcast for free, log on to studio.hubhopper.com. Hello and welcome to the Success with Savita podcast, where we share hot tips on how to do life and business without losing your mind. I'm your host, Savita Nanjapa, entrepreneur, high-achieving 9-to-5-er turned transformational success coach, helping you create a wildly successful business. Come hang out with me and other fabulous humans like you every week for stories and chats packed with a healthy dose of tips, resources, how-tos and real talk. Side effects may include a happier and more confident you with each passing day. Welcome to the Success with Savita podcast. On this podcast, since we launched on 1st March 2021, we've been blessed to be able to bring some amazing guests. Often these guests are people that I have been personally inspired by. And my guest today joining me on the show is one such person. I want to take a moment to introduce my guest, Shaley Chopra, before we get started with the interview. Shaley Chopra is the founder of SheThePeople.tv. India's biggest platform for real stories of real women. She's a Stanford Draper Hills Fellow. As one of India's top television editor-presenters, Shaley has a prolific journalism career which has now furthered her into entrepreneurship, allowing her to use her new skills to create meaningful content for the web. With She the People, she is redefining the role of women and creating efforts to help them live on their own terms via new skills, 
platforms to speak and build a sisterhood network. In her last role, she was a senior editor and lead anchor at ET Now, Economic Times business news channel, and earlier with India's largest TV network, NDTV. In March 2016, Shaley was announced as one of India's top 50 most influential women in media, marketing, and advertising by Impact Magazine. She received the Woman of Influence Award by Beyond Diversity Foundation in 2017. Shaley received India's highest honor in journalism, the Ramnath Goenka Award for Best in Business Journalism. She also won the Media Foundation Best Business Anchor Award for 2010 and in the same year, the Federation of Indian Industry, FICCI, gave her the Young Women's Achiever Award for her contribution to media. She also won the News Television Award for the Best Reporter in India in 2007. Join me in this conversation with the amazing and inspiring Shaili Chopra. Hi, and welcome to the Success with Savita podcast. Today is a very special day for me because there are some people that I've been following for over the years, and one of them is my guest today, Shaili Chopra. She's the founder of SheThePeople.tv, the women's channel. And without much ado, I'm going to dive right in. And Shaili, welcome to the show. Thank you so much for your time, and thank you for being so generous with your time and showing up today for this interview for me. Uh, I'm so excited to have you here. Fantastic to be with you, Savita. Thank you. So we'll get started quickly. And I'm very eager to hear about your journey so far and what made you start this channel because I've been following this channel for a while now. And I think the stories uh, of uh, women from India are something that always touches my heart. Sometimes I've cried when you've put some of those stories which are very heartbreaking. So tell us about your journey so far and what made you start this. So after spending close to 18 to 20 years as a journalist across top Indian channels like NDTV, ET Now and CNBC, I realized that my calling was to be a journalist who was creating impact. Um, and I had had an opportunity to do that in the world of business. Mm -hmm. But now I was hungry for more. How do I impact a large population of India that has remained voiceless um, for most part of its journey? Yeah. So how does one ensure that uh, you know, half of the country's population, which is what, what we are half a billion women, people, 750 million women, uh, which is 10% of the world's population. How do we ensure that they have a voice? Mm. Uh, and that's just what figured, uh, you know, right at my face that today we are talking numbers because I'm a business journalist. I used to always look for data. Mm. You know, half your population, 10% of the global population, I'm still talking Indian women, they don't have a voice. For every 1,000 stories out there, uh, you know, 80% are on the government, on cricket and Bollywood, and 20% is everything else, including women. And majority of the stories that ever got to the fore were horrific crime stories, which are very important as well to put. But where were the stories of women who were sort of impacting groundbreaking change? Where were the mm -hmm. stories of women who had chosen difficult roads to take? Where were the stories of women who were achieving by being women rather than turning Rambo at work? Where were these stories? And I literally stood up in the newsroom one day and said, I have a big job to do, which is to set up a channel that's dedicated to telling stories of women rather than do what I'm doing right now. So I finished my Warren Buffett interview. I walked out of my previous company and I walked into the startup world. Wow. Okay, goosebump moment. And you interviewed Warren Buffett. Wow. I mean, that must have been an amazing experience, but it must have not been easy 
for you to make this decision or was it easy no i think it was very tough uh, at the time that warren buffett had visited india and it was even a goosebump moment for me to interview him especially because i just refused to ask him the standard questions mm. uh, i literally fought with my editor to ask him questions that were out of the box unusual so we had interesting insights into who he was rather than who he was investing in mm. uh, but that said i felt like you know um it was it was a big deal for me to get off and say that look i've interviewed a lot of people i came in a i was in a position of privilege i was in a position where i had um through hard work interviewed a large number of top people around the world whether it was tiger woods or christine lagarde or our prime minister or somebody else's prime minister mm. so the point is that i want our then prime minister okay. uh, so essentially i wanted to get off and get into a a brand new revival story for myself to find what i wanted to chase and how i wanted to do it uh, as a human being i love change okay. okay i would typically never stick around doing the same thing for a long time uh, in the sense that i may move to the next clip in what i'm doing mm. uh, i would love to join startups within the media space so when i was with cnbc i quit them and joined ndtv before it became big okay uh, and it before it set up its news channel uh, when i was very comfortable in ndtv after 6 to 7 years like the prime time face of the business news i decided i'm going to quit and i went to et now uh and that was also just coming up as a channel with no background of uh business news so for me it's a high to leave things when i'm at the peak um mm. also because i'm also most confident at that point and move to the next thing i want to build on um so when i did leave journalism it was more than just leaving an organization i mean i did leave mainstream television business journalism okay. i still think i'm a journalist because in many ways what stp does is telling stories and that is also very journalistic so essentially one big resistance for uh, for somebody who's quitting you know being the face of a television channel every night is when everybody says oh you know but you were the face who leaves such a you know prominent position and just goes to do some startup stuff in some digital jazz right this is exactly mm-hmm. how most of my uh, ceo <laughs> friends would talk to me and i was like you know i'm going to start out if i need to start out i need to go into the space that even it's not familiar to you yet which mm-hmm. is where you really go out and embrace change and so i just delved into the digital world which i was very familiar with and i was passionate about because i was one of the few prominent tweeters uh, from india at that okay. point when twitter had sort of come out and i remember at the world economic forum in davos i mean i was like a bit of a star who knew her twitter you know back then in okay. 2008 and not too many people did that they didn't they weren't that familiar with twitter uh, or social media and i was a junkie by that time so i think it was interesting for me to say in hindsight that it was easy because i knew that where i was going was a very interesting world and it sort of embraced me the world of digital but it was of course tough when you met some of the traditional old economy people and said oh you know at 20 um, yeah did i leave no at 33 who quits uh, mainstream television to dive into something digital i mean who does that right so i was yeah. i was torn about at moments 
But, you know, I also take this in my stride. If I hadn't done it at 33 and I started at 40, I'll be full of regrets because I started when nobody else was. So fun, fun, fun to, fun to put yourself through some tug of war with your own self. And, and you're still a star, uh, at least for many of the people who don't know uh, you. I mean, you don't know, but we are all watching you and to us, you're a star. So it isn't just when Twitter came in. Uh, so tell me, <laughs> Thank you. But tell me, after you started, now that you look back, um, do you think it was the right decision? I completely think it was the right decision. I mean, um, firstly, I think my mission, uh, which was to go and talk with and about women. Secondly, to make journalism, media, communication more inclusive by including women and being more gender um, equal, though we're far from it still. Uh, I feel all those important missions to have a community cause and content platform phenomenal for me. I mean, I, I will never go back and change the decisions I took. I saw a lot of my colleagues and, and contemporaries taking that decision five years after I took it, uh, yeah. which only reinforced the fact that there was a shift. Mm. And also, um, I never regretted for the simple reason of what I'm doing today is actually being the creator of a channel as opposed to working for one. That yeah. is hugely empowering, right? Every single day we get like close to 100 CVs to work with she, the people. And I feel so empowered. I mean, every time I'm talking, let's say to you on your podcast or with somebody else on the Instagram live, I am just amazed with the kind of love that people share with us, the kind of honesty and authenticity they have for what she, the people has done. I was on a yeah. show recently with Faye and mm -hmm. Faye D'Souza and I were chatting yeah. and, you know, there were people who were saying that, you know, these conversations with she the people change the way we think about ourselves yeah. i can't imagine this happening to me in a traditional mainstream world where i'm sure to get more brick bats brats because uh, you know brick bats because mm -hmm. i am constantly in you know sort of torn between establishment and anti-establishment but yeah. today when i'm with she the people i have a cause i and i'm fighting for it with yeah. all my, you know, heart and soul, with a team that truly believes in the work we collectively do, makes a big difference to me. No regrets at all. Yeah, I mean, uh, I mean, it's brilliant what you've achieved so far. So I have to ask, you are a multiple award winner, right? And you like so many. I'm sure there's some that you haven't even put up on your CV, but being a Stanford Draper Fellow, being a Vital Voice Fellow, so many awards, 40 under 40. How have these helped or have these influenced your work in any way? Is it something that you look for as, okay, that's a milestone achieved? I definitely think of all of these as a milestone, but do they mm -hmm. define what I do and how I do? I'm not sure. See, awards are a way to encourage oneself, right? But yeah. what I am excited about is what our numbers tell us, right? It's a hugely gratifying piece for me. And maybe the awards then become secondary in this whole journey. Uh, because when you look at a platform that started out with a lot of skepticism by a lot of men and women, or oh, why do women need a platform, right? Aren't you increasing the diet, sort of the gap between men and women? I'm like, yeah, all platforms that don't call themselves men are actually men. But if yeah. you get a creative platform and created for women, it's suddenly like, why do we need a separate platform? And so on and so forth. So I had a lot of skepticism from people when I started out. And also because of the stark shift I made from business journalism into, into looking at this, people thought I was setting up a CSR nonprofit, you know, sort of an okay. organization, which it is not. 
We are not CSR, we are not nonprofit, we're for profit and we believe in the power of women to drive mm -hmm. decisions. And therefore we believe that, you know, every single marketer in the world should be listening to women as we believe they're decision makers. Uh, that said, um, in the last five years, uh, and now we are sort of, you know, clocking 3 million uh, to 4 million on the website every single month. We're looking at uh, touching a million on Instagram in a matter of weeks. Uh, we're talking about um, having a digital reach of close to 480 to 500 uh, million a year, um, both in India and overseas. We're in three languages. You know, we are. We recently launched our Bangla channel and rest of the year we'll see a couple of South India uh, language channels as well uh, and some tech products. I don't feel the, I, I feel that these awards are great and I'm thankful for them to encourage me along the way. But yeah. my cause, my community, our team is so driven yeah. that even if these awards wouldn't come by us, they would not stop us. We are unstoppable at the moment and we will want to be that team for a while to go. Because we I have love a that. Yeah, I mean, I love that unstoppable. I love that word. I mean, that's such a powerful uh, statement you're sharing. And uh, my God, I, I love everything that you're sharing. So yes, awards are good. I mean, it's a sense of achievement in some ways. But yes, there's so much more. Your why is so much more bigger than all of this. Um, so thank you for sharing that. And then uh, can you then walk me through, I want to move on to the next one, which is can you walk us through things to keep in mind if, okay, I want to start a media channel, for example, what should some like some do's and don'ts that off the top of your head, what comes up that you can Great. share? So I think that's a good question. And I think that I can use both my She the People as well as journalistic um, experience to answer that. Um, yeah. The short answer to somebody setting up their own media or communication platform is that find your authentic cause. Mm. What are you trying to address and how are you differentiating yourself from the rest of them? Um, it's sometimes a tough decision. It's easier to do stuff that others are doing because you feel they have a sure shot uh, proof of the pudding for you. Um, but, you know, when you when you go through some discomfort at the start, and you struggle to try and build something, it also reminds you that this is not normal for things to exist in this conversation, in this construct, on this subject. Yeah. And I think that makes a big difference because when you start doing that, you start recognizing that what you're doing is different from others. Yeah. Um, this was one of the things that I, I thought about, for example, when we think of women leaders, right? Uh, I mean, we really never have a program called women leadership, right? Mm -hmm. It's such an umbrella story, it's just like, it can it can mean anything to anybody right so yeah. what do we do we we pick up very specific ideas and run after them she the people today runs the world's largest traveling writers festival dedicated to women you know mm -hmm. um it's called the women writers fest it starts again in july for 2021 it paused in march after okay. its entire series from last year and then so on or we, for example, we talk about conversations that are very, very specific to entrepreneurs through the Digital Women Awards and Summit. Yeah. Um, we have very specific conversations on feminism through Feminist Rani, which is a traveling show uh, in the pre-COVID world and a post-COVID world. It's a book by Penguin that can be bought off the shelf on Amazon or Flipkart. Um, so I feel there's an importance attached to what yeah. and why you want to do what you want to do. Yeah. And you need to spend hours and days defining your what and why and reworking it from time to time to ensure you're on the path that you want to be. 
Like what you hear so far? Make sure you never miss a show by clicking the subscribe button now. Stay tuned as we take a quick break and we'll see you on the other side of the show. And I think everything that you're sharing is true to every single business you may want to start, right? This this is something that every business should do. And it's not just only if you want to start a media channel, I think. So yeah, I mean, uh, the, what, the what and why to keep that at the forefront. Um, and moving on, I do want to ask you this. I know that it's not about how you can start the media channel, but what are some core topics for women in India that you feel, and I'm sure there are many, but like, a few that come top of mind that's very, that needs to be addressed very urgently for Indian women. So I think, I think, you know, um, I wouldn't want to sound like the only person who wants to be prescriptive about what's, sure. what's required, but um, having had this benefit of many years of experience working with them, I think there's definitely a lot of scope in actually speaking up about domestic violence stories. Because the more we talk about them, the more people will recognize how big an issue this is and how women are um, suffering and what can be outcomes uh, from a from a solution shared problem solving point of view for an issue that is so mass in India. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, on the face of it, it seems like this is a niche subject. It's not. Domestic yeah. violence is a mass problem in our country. We need to recognize that. I think... Um, Personally, to me, women in tech has had only lip service across our plat- uh, our, our country. Uh, women in tech needs a lot more nuance, maybe even broken down further to specific kind of tech. I think that's a space to look at. I think there's a great opportunity to look at women in auto. I mean, she, the people's doing some work with women in you know who are who are amazing drivers and are choosing uh, to to be front footed about their love for automobile. So I think there are lots of opportunities out there where between interest and social impact, you have a gamut of things to talk about, right? lots and lots of issues around here to think of yeah yeah but i like that you shared the domestic violence like you said it could feel like it's such a like a small problem but it isn't and the pandemic has showed us even more how stark it can be and the people actually the domestic violence issues going up more during the pandemic so yeah a lot of and i i also um, agree on the women in tech in fact one of my guests my last guest was sharing about how you know most of the companies like google indian women do uh, indian men are at the forefront but you don't really see indian women being spoken about so i think yes those are some key things that a lot of people have started to speak about and so uh, coming to she the people what's one business goal you'd like to achieve in 2021 i know it's the middle of the year uh, and i'm asking you this but i'd still like to know if that's something uh, that you'd like to share here so i think she the people's predominant goal for 2021 are three one is to hit that million mark across our social spaces mm-hmm. uh, two is to look at impacting in many other languages than just english Hindi, and bangla Uh, Currently, we're only in three languages. Uh, Number three is to come up with one technology product that will be transformational for women uh, and it will widen the scope as well as access to very critical information that women need from verified sources and make that accessible. I have three basic goals and you will soon hear about that last piece from us in the communication. I, I congratulations. I'm already saying congratulations because I know you and I'm sure you're going to be like launching this 
soon. And I'm looking forward to hearing uh, from it. So as we like come towards the end of the interview, I'd like to quickly ask you, what's one piece of advice you would like to give uh, female entrepreneurs specifically in India, those who are just starting out? So I think uh, my advice for female entrepreneurs uh, has never changed from the day I became one, which is that listen to your inner self mm. and go with what you believe in. And it sounds like like a, like an idiom or a quote from somewhere else, but actually think about it. Mm. So many people are sitting on the fence waiting to pull you down from the idea that you have. And no matter how simple that idea, uh, you know, it can run. When I was growing up, I wanted to be an ice cream seller. I can totally imagine myself today if I had followed that idea, however stupid it seemed to everybody in my family. You know, we are in India still in the dearth of great ice cream parlors. You can't go and have a great ice cream. Yeah. So sometimes really the silliest ideas just seem so weird. I remember another time of my life I wanted to do an I wanted to be an electric rickshaw driver. I used to love something about rickshaws, you know, they mm -hmm. were so cute and sturdy. I mean, sturdy. So yeah. it was like, and I still think that if I had gone with that today, I would be running an EV business, right? Electric vehicle business. Yeah. Yeah. I think there are ways by which you think and you build on that journey. No idea is stupid. No idea is silly. And if it's silly to somebody else, who cares? Silly ideas are amazing. They just take you places. So I would just say, just don't listen to people. That's my number one thing. Yeah. My number two thing is that, you know, entrepreneurship in India, sadly, is not defined by entrepreneurship. It's defined by how much money you raise. Mm. If you can get yourself from the horse that believes that's how it works, you might be in for doing some real work. If your only belief is that, oh, you know, I raised this much today and I'll raise that much tomorrow and I'll raise that much day after. And that's your way of determining your idea of entrepreneurship. I would say rethink it unless you're so sure, short, sure that you have that entire funding lined up for the next seven fundraisers. So I'm not a big fan of that sort of entrepreneurship, um, which is very funds oriented and not impact oriented. Yes, funding may come for impact, but show impact first. That's my approach in life. Yeah, fantastic. And what does a day in the life of Shaley Chopra look like? Great. So I actually have a very, very interesting day. Um, and I try to try to look forward to my mornings. Mm -hmm. On most days, uh, I wake up at half past five, I spend nearly an hour and a half myself with my tea and my phone and just my plants and I talk to them and I have random conversations or I listen to some sort of music. I'm a very big Hindustani classical music lover. Mm -hmm. uh, so I spend my morning pretty much at peace with myself, my teacup and some some gadget that I'm interested in at that point. Um, I do start my work at like eight-ish mm -hmm. uh, and um, get clued in with the team and see what they want to do, how they want to do it, what we can do with them, etc. Um, and I am very fortunate to have a team with people who are, uh, you know, sort of helping build she the people. Um, and as I go down my day, I, of course, I'm a mother to two. So that's that packs me up in different ways. Mentally, I always always have a motherhood parcel to do something uh, mm -hmm. at all points. Um, yeah. So I kind of like find time to eat well. I find time to uh, to breathe fresh air. Uh, time to remind myself that just let's let's decide what are my big rocks today and not depend on the sand and the small rocks to deal with. So yeah. I try to prioritize. Yeah. Um, I can't say that I do it very well. I try to do all of these things as well as I can. At the end of the day, 
a little bit of OTT and a good sleep, you know, is what wraps it up. But yeah, I mean, through the day, work is work and we all know what work is like, calls, Zooms, work, social media, this, that and the other. I always love hearing about other people's days and like you said what to you seems like you're trying to do but you know you're not very good maybe at all of it I think everyone feels that but we all like I'm looking standing on the outside looking at you thinking how does she do it like this is great and this is kind of the inspirational work that so many of us may want to be doing as well. So yeah, I mean, I, I love hearing about people's days. And finally, a mantra that you live by or what keeps you like going? Is there a mantra? Yeah, time? my mantra is simply this. And I think I only might have come up with it. Just take a chance on yourself. Mm. And that is my mantra. I, I never shy from taking a risk. I never shy from telling others to take a risk. And I don't say you take a risk on somebody else. I just say take a risk on yourself because if you don't take a chance on yourself, how will people have the confidence to follow you? Right. I love that. But I do have one question before I let you go. Okay. What uh, Have you always been confident or is it something that you had to work on? I think that's a great question. Um, I think confidence is about... I mean, being confident is not something that you are uh, going to be as a... a it doesn't come as a recipe. Um, broadly, I've always been confident, okay? Um, I, I was raised to be extremely independent. Um, I changed 17 schools in 12 classes. I made friends every few months. I changed schools, uniforms, books, and just an environment all the time. It hardened me up, and it also helped me learn to understand how change works. Uh, so I think that was part of the confidence. I was also very, I mean, we are two two daughters, two uh, parents, and we were very, very outgoing and, you know, so on and so forth. But I think, you know, confidence is a great factor of what your position is at that point. When I say position, you know, situation, circumstances. Yeah. I've been an extremely confident journalist. You can put me in front of television anytime in front of thousands of people and I'm not going to flinch. Okay, mm -hmm. flinch. But like, let's say when I stepped into entrepreneurship, I don't think I was a confident entrepreneur at all. I mean, I was like looking at failure every day and crying like any other little kid, you know, like, oh, I'm not getting this. I'm not making this. This is not happening. I can't do it. I think confidence, therefore, is very circumstantial. Uh, and it took me some time to understand how the ropes of entrepreneurship work, how you build confidence, what helps you build confidence. You know, something as basic as an achievement to be able to understand how a current account differentiates uh, you mm -hmm. know, your access rights to something else or yeah. how you file GST. I feel like a rock star just because I filed GST, you know, on the first time I did it. Okay. So I'm just saying confidence is circumstantial. Yeah. Yeah. But it's something that I feel a lot of women struggle with. And uh, sometimes it holds people back from being yeah. themselves. And they're, they're so talented and they're so skilled. So but, true. And I totally understand that. So that's the point I'm saying that, you know, um, it's not like you're always born with it. Yes, your environment makes a big difference. Yes, if you're sort of raised with extremely confident, outgoing parents who are fine being in their own brown skin with their mm -hmm. own, you know, vulnerabilities and with their own sort of, you know, their own mess, right? I mean, I, I'm a big believer that if you're comfortable in your own mess, you're going to be very comfortable in your own success. So yeah. I think it's something to think about there. Yeah, and I'm sure like looking at you uh, adds a dose of confidence, looking at you adds a bit of inspiration and the work that you're doing is amazing. Thank you so much for today and for sharing your time uh, with me for this uh, podcast. And um, I look forward to having you when we hit 100K, which is the goal soon, uh, back again 
for part two. Lovely, lovely. Congratulations. And keep me posted on how your journey is going. And I love to support you in whichever way I can. Thank you for listening to the podcast. If you like this episode and you want more, you can go to the show notes on my website, which is successwithsavita.com forward slash podcast. If you like what you've heard so far, I would be grateful to you if you could leave me a five-star review, subscribe to this podcast and share with a friend who may find this useful. You can also follow me on my Instagram at successwithsavita and DM me any questions you may have and I will be happy to answer them for you. Until the next episode, believe in yourself and all the best to your success. This Hub Hopper original ko sunne ke liye aapka shukriya. Agar aap bhi apna podcast launch karna chahte hain, to Hub Hopper Studio website pe register kare aur 1 minute ke andar andar apna khud ka podcast launch kare. यही नहीं स्टूडियो देता है आपको पूरी आजादी कहीं भी कभी भी अपना पॉडकास्ट लॉन्च करने की सिर्फ तीन आसान स्टेप्स में तो साथ में अपना पॉडकास्ट शुरू करने के लिए तैयार जस्ट हॉप ऑन हब हॉपर सिंपली कंटेंट